Welcome to Building Great Sales Teams, a show dedicated to making sales teams tick, tick, boom. I didn't have a playbook starting out. I had to learn everything the hard way. The good news is you don't have to. Great sales teams are not recruited. They are built block by block. Let's get to work. All right, guys, welcome to the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. Uh, This is going to be episode one. I'm really excited about it. And uh, there's none more appropriate to be my first guest than Mr. Wayne Skinner, my partner and VP of sales. He's responsible for our solar sales division, as well as our MDU division on the AT&T campaign. And uh, he's been with me for over 10 years now. And so when it comes to breaking down my tenants for building great sales teams. Uh, he's the perfect partner to do it with because he's a huge part of a lot of them and has reinforced them, has executed them and has benefited uh, gr- greatly from them and helped me build them. So uh, welcome, Wayne. You want to tell us uh, a little bit of your background and um, you know, kind of our origin story. We'll go into that a little bit and then the history of the company Maybe we'll spend five minutes on that because in uh, episode two, we'll actually get real deep into that. You know, more of the uh, more of the storytelling stuff. This is more of a tactical episode that's going to give you basically the playbook on building a great sales team. So let's get into your background and um, how we met. Sure. Um, so, um, so I've been in sale. I went to college to. Uh, be an electrical engineer, took a part-time job as a telemarketer, found out I love sales and I couldn't stare at oscilloscopes the rest of my life. Um, and so I started chasing sales and, uh, uh, you know, kind of fast forward to how we met. Um, I was actually, um, I had a staffing agency, ended up closing it down, went into door to door, uh, was working with Time Warner Cable, um, got real tired of the corporate environment, corporate structure, yeah, you know, just the drama and chaos that comes from that. Um, ended up calling you up out of a, a moment of super frustration. And uh, it turns out we had some mutual people in common um, and uh, came in the next day and uh, met with you. Um, you offered me the job as a manager. I said, no, thank you. <laughs> I just want to sell. Um, and uh and then, you know, my team from Time Warner came over. I became a manager anyway, right? Um, the best laid plans, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, That's my plan all along. What was it? It was, <laughs> it was perfect. It was beautiful. Um, and uh, then, um, you know, then that's where it started. I mean, yeah. it just it started there and um, it's a tiny little team, tiny little office um, and, uh, you know, grew it into a multi-million dollar uh, organization. Absolutely. So I'll, I'll run through that real quick. So, uh, before you came on, I had just started kind of writing the script, building out the opportunity structure. A lot of the things that we're about to talk about, um, I had just started doing that. And, um, I was doing that in conjunction with another manager with the company at the time he managed our Houston office. I managed our corpus office. You eventually took over our corpus office and between you, me and him, we created kind of the foundation for what we have now. Right. And we have tweaked it. We've rewritten it. We've added new things to it, done different products, done all kinds of stuff. But at the end of the day, what we originally created back then has kind of held, held true really well. So uh, 
you know, fast forward a couple of years after that, you know, we uh, became the number two dealer in the nation on the AT&T campaign mm-hmm. uh, for selling AT&T door to door. We launched AT&T's digital life product. Uh, we won several quality awards several years in a row. You know, a big part of what we did was, you know, because we were kind of a boutique company for most of the years. You know, we got into the volume game in 13 and 14, but for the most part, we were a middle of the road type company, but what we did better than anybody else was quality, right? Right. And so we, you know, not only did we learn how to scale, but we learned how to tweak our systems, trainings, uh, onboarding, hiring to produce a certain uh, type of quality, right? And we won awards for that. And, uh, you know, fast forward to now, you know, now that we have a heavy, a heavy influence of uh, Apex and, uh, you know, we just got through COVID, COVID created some cultural changes in our company, you know, where we wanted to have, uh, you know, 20 salespeople making a hundred grand a year versus, you know, a hundred salespeople making, you know, 30 or 40 grand a year. Right. Yeah. In a weird way, COVID kind of helped push us to do, you know, it's, it's the spiritual, but you know, God sometimes does for you, what you can't do for yourself. Absolutely. You know, and that's kind of what happened. It, it, it forced us to, to do what we've been talking about doing for years. Mm -hmm. So no, and it was, it it was huge. And then we met, you know, we met Ryan Stewin, we met Apex and I got heavily involved there. I started bringing that back to the company. We created a a really intense opportunity structure that uh, includes freedom training, which, you know, we're teaching our salespeople how to do their taxes, how to invest, you know, um, all about crypto and the opportunities there, NFTs and real estate and so many, so many things that we never would have thought of in the past. Hey, what you do with your money is your business, but now we're telling them now, Hey, do this with your money and create some security for you and your family. And then hopefully long-term we can look back in 10 years and say that, Hey, this started generational wealth for our people. You know, we got partners and VPs and regionals in the company now that have portfolios Right. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, they don't teach that in school, man. They, they, they'll teach you all about history and, and, uh, you know, and if you, all you learn about history, it's going to repeat itself, right? If you want to change history, then you gotta, you gotta learn some different stuff. And, uh, I think it's huge, you know, and on top of all that stuff, just simple things like, you know, how do you get your credit right? Yeah. You know, how important is credit? How do you, how do you get to an 800 credit score? You know, it, um, and quite honestly, I didn't know until Apex. Mm-hmm. And that's the truth. I had no idea. Yeah, you know? it's it's um, it's the partnerships and relationships that we're creating, and yeah. we're bringing it back to the company. You know, and, that, and and that was my instinct with it is if I know something or if I learn something, I want to share it with my company, and that way we mm-hmm. grow together. You know, and it to me that creates a lot of loyalty, right? And um, loyalty is, in my opinion, created through you know several tenants of the Kodak system, and so you know. So I literally created this system in like 30 minutes, right? And I didn't really care what it was called. I didn't need some fancy acronym or anything like that. And, um, but what this system really is, is that foundational stuff we talked about when we first started. Mm -hmm. And then everything that we've tweaked since then and kind of all the variables that come into play when you have a sales team, you know, so this show is about building great sales team, sales teams. And so I want to give, I want us to give, everybody that's listening to this show, tactical advice and, and how to do that. Yeah. Whether you have one person that you want to put a compensation and training plan in front of them, and maybe even a, an opportunity plan beyond that, or you have 
a hundred people and you've been stagnant, you know, cause we've been there before and we've Absolutely. been able to push past that. Right. So, uh, let's get into the system a little bit. And, um, so it's Kodoc, C-O-D-O-C. And, and this is basically how we've built sales teams in the past and how we've maintained them and grown them and scaled them. Right. Um, so the first piece of that is going to be compensation. Mm-hmm the most obvious piece of sales. You know what I mean? The reason people get into the, into the business. So um, in, in my opinion, and you give me your feedback on this, Wayne, and I, you know, unfortunately there's not going to be a whole lot of debate here because we did a lot of this together. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. We did a lot of this over the last 10 years. And so in my opinion, and then this is every piece of the system too. Mm -hmm. It needs to be in writing. Mm -hmm. It needs to be simple and it needs to be able to fit on one sheet of paper. Oh yeah. One cheaters. It's all about one cheaters. I have a, a file on my desktop. It's called one cheaters, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? You know, I could build a book on one cheaters. Uh, but yeah, absolutely, man. It has to be simple, uh, easy to understand. Um, yeah, absolutely. And so what I find, and I've had a lot of conversations recently with, uh, business owners that are new to sales teams, or that they've had a sales team in place, but they've just kind of bootstrapped it. You know, they didn't create a structure or a system to support that sales team mm-hmm. and grow it or have a plan to grow it. They said, oh, I'm going to hire a salesperson. I go out and place a job ad and I give them a compensation structure. I write it on a sheet of paper and hand it to them. Hey, there's your compensation structure and go, right? You're a salesman. You know what I mean? You should be self-sustaining, should be able to do it all yourself. But what, you know, what have we found in terms of, uh, in terms of compensate on compensation when it comes to the to, to salespeople, right? Um, the simpler it is, the better. If they can do their commission calculation in their head, you're in really good shape. Right. Because that's how they motivate themselves all day long. Mm-hmm. Well, if I make five more calls, I can get one more close. And then now I can, I can make this much more money. And if you can motivate a salesperson like that, you're in good shape. And so, you know, obviously there's different levels to this. You know what I mean? There's the, uh, series seven, you know, financial security salesperson, you right, know, right. we're not necessarily talking about that throughout this conversation, but sure. we will hit on some things that can help you with that too. Sure. Um, and so the, the second part of the compensation piece is it comparable, right? You know, in our 10 years, have we ever dealt with competition from other dealers, just like us, all other at and dealers all the time and solar. So, and I mean, you name it. I mean, there's always competition. So Talk to me about, okay, yes, we're competitive, mm-hmm. but we're not the highest paying. Right. What do you do then? You explain why. I mean, that it, it's, it's compensation is, is also, so it's simple, but it needs to be transparent to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, salespeople appreciate, tra- people appreciate transparency, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, you, you just break it down for them. Guys, listen, we're not going to be, the highest paying dealer out there because, but it's a great question, man. And and we're not because we have structure, we have tiers, we have overhead, you know, we, we want to make sure that we're around next mm-hmm. year, right? If you, if you overcompensate and you don't have enough uh, gross profit, um, then you, you can't, you can't grow, you can't sustain, you can't pay rent and have uh, admins and, and have, uh, an HR department or a recruiting department or, um, you know, pay, you can't have those things. And, mm-hmm. and the companies that, 
that give away everything because they want to attract the best salespeople. Mm-hmm. Um, those, those companies aren't around anymore, bro. Absolutely. Not. You see them come and go um, because they don't have the backbone to sustain. Mm-hmm. They don't have the structure. And they got into the, who pays the most competition, right? Right. They got into the, oh, I'm going to have the highest paying product. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to recruit people from lower paying products mm-hmm. because, you know, all I'm showing them is a bigger check. You right. know what I mean? Which right. is important in sales. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, if that <coughs> check is only there for six months, what good is it? Right. Right. Well, and, and then the other thing too is, is that, and we kind of, we kind of always have taken this mentality as we don't, we don't negotiate with terrorists. You know right. what I mean? It's <laughs> absolutely, you know, it's not, you know, we're not going to sit here and get into a bidding war. Our mm-hmm. comp is what it is. And it's the same for everybody else. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how long you've been here. doesn't matter who you're related to. Um, none of that stuff matters. What yeah. matters is what you do. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you want to make more money, man, get promoted. Absolutely. There's ways to make more money here than leadership. anywhere else by getting into leadership, which is what part of that money we hold back goes it's towards, for. right. It goes towards mm-hmm. overrides. It goes towards um, benefits for leaders and managers that mm-hmm. when they get to that level, they become employees and they have medical and they have those kind of things. Um, so if that's what you want, man, earn it. Absolutely. Go and earn it. Put in the work. Absolutely. So speaking of the work. Yeah. In your compensation, is it worth the work? Right. So how do we, how do we determine if it's worth the work? So understand that just because you have a low paying product doesn't mean that you don't have a better opportunity than a high paying product. So Absolutely. let me, let me explain that you've got, you know, let's just say for our, you know, for easy reference cable sales, mm-hmm. let's just say it's a hundred dollar commission, right. To sell cable. Mm-hmm. Uh, car sales, it's a thousand dollar commission to sell a car. Mm-hmm. Um, security sales, it's a five thousand dollar commission to sell security, and then solar sales, it's a ten thousand dollar commission to sell solar. Right. So you've got these different levels of commission, and too many people recruit based on oh we've got the biggest commission. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And my question isn't what is the biggest commission. My question is is the commission worth the work? All right. So even though cable sales, it's only a hundred dollars a sale. Well, how many sales can I get in a day? Mm-hmm. Our MDU guys right now, they can throw down six or seven in a day. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Easy. I and mean, we you, got William that, uh, like the first 15 did 50 products, man. Yeah. And a hundred bucks a pop. Yeah. I mean, do the math. Yeah. I mean, he did five grand in a week. Five grand. I mean, yeah. it's, it's no joke. Um, so yeah. So then you got the other side of it and you've got like a solar sale, mm-hmm. which takes six weeks to install. Right. So it's a six week sales cycle versus a cable sales, like a 24 hour to 48 hour sales cycle. Right. So it's all about, can I produce the volume to replace those higher commission products? Right. You know what I'm saying? And unfortunately it's a little unfair with solar right now. You know, solar is a lucrative business, lucrative product. And that's why we got into it. But the part that I'm explaining is how do you combat the, the, the compensation question of, you know, when you have somebody that's really good on your sales team mm-hmm. and then somebody starts dangling a higher commission product in front sure. of them and all they see is, okay, I make one sale here. I make 500 bucks. I make one sale there. I make a thousand. Mm-hmm. That sounds better, right? The grass is greener. Absolutely. Not necessarily, right? Because of the sales cycle, because of the sales process, the fulfillment process, how long does it take to get installed? What can go wrong? You know what I mean? What actually goes in the ground? The question I have for salespeople that want to leave for higher commission opportunities, the question I have for them is how much is that higher commission opportunity making per week with a decent workload with a 40 hour week, 50 hour week, 60 hour week, whatever, whatever you work, if you apply it 
there, how much are you actually going to make per week? Forget about per sale. Cause that's, that's where the opportunity comes into play. All right. So the next piece of that is, okay. My compensation plans on one sheet. It's simple. It looks good. It's competitive. You know what I mean? Now, how do I, in a way, pitch them on the comp sheet? How do, how do I help them understand what's possible on the comp sheet? Yeah, that's what I was going to say is, is, yeah, you have, so there's two ways you combat the more commission, mm-hmm. higher commission items is you show them what it takes to reach certain milestones, like how to make 50,000 a year, yep. what it takes to make a hundred thousand a year, mm-hmm. what it takes to, you know, when you're a manager, what does that look like? Yeah. A well-oiled machine, right? Well, what does that, that look like? Um, and I think the other part of it too, which is the biggest that I, I coach people with, whether they're working here or friends of mine that want to go somewhere else and they're, they're talking to me about it. And when I, when I talk to them, I always, man, what's the culture of the company you're going to? Mm-hmm. Cause that is more important than the money. Absolutely. I mean, a, a thousand percent. I mean, it's, it's that, that you said the grass is greener and that mm-hmm. that's an analogy I use all the time. And the grass may be greener, but it may be AstroTurf. It may not even be real. You know what I, I mean? I love that. Um, on my side of the fence, I know where the potholes are. I know where the, the mm-hmm. dog poop is. I know what to avoid. I know right. where to step, but I jump over that fence and I land and I'm like, what, the, what is this? Yeah. You know, it's not even real. And some people will spend their whole careers jumping over that fence Absolutely. and finding out it's not greener. And Absolutely. then they don't say, oh, let me, let me go back to the company I was at before. Cause mm-hmm. they treated me well. They say, oh, well on to the next one. Exactly. You know? And so you start to talk about culture a little bit. Well, that's actually the last piece of the Kodak right. part. And so we're going to talk about that as well. Sure. And so, um, so a big piece that I wanted to point out and you alluded to it as well. What does it take to make 50 grand? What does it take to make a hundred? Well, in this market, after the inflation we just went through the last couple of years, Golly. you better show them what it takes to make a hundred grand. If you right. don't have a hundred thousand opportunity or a hundred thousand dollar opportunity, you better have a 30 hour a week job that pays them at least 50 grand a year. And they don't have any stress. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Other than that, you, you need to have a six figure opportunity and it needs to be six figures within one year. Okay. Sure. So when you're building out your program, your sales program, you need to show them a roadmap to six figures in one year, or you need to show them how to make it with that current sales program. And that is still on the same sheet. So right. you're showing them, not just the simple compensation of a sale, but you're showing them what it takes to make six figures on that one sheet. Right. And on the cop too, uh, I, you know, I've, I've been in sales a long time. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, the most confusing comp plans to me are the ones that break it down by percentage yeah. versus a dollar amount. I mean, yeah. percentage is so hard mm-hmm. to figure out. I mean, what are you really making on this? There's yeah. so many variables. Is it percentage of the sale or percentage of the profit? Yeah. How do you know what the profit is? Yeah. So is it gross profit? Is it right. net profit? Is it net profit? So there's yeah. so many variables where if I know if I sell this widget, I'm going to make a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. If I sell this widget, I'm going to make a thousand. Yeah. You know? Um, so um, the comp needs to be as simple as possible. Couldn't agree more. And so the last piece is, is it scalable? Mm-hmm. Okay. So if I have a six figure opportunity or a multiple six figure opportunity, the perfect sales plan, the perfect sales structure and sales program has two routes. One for the lifetime salesperson, that's never going to do anything but sell. Right. So that's the, is it scalable piece? Mm-hmm. Can I make six figures? Yes. Okay, great. Can I make 200 grand? Can I make 300? 
Can I make half a million? Can I make a million dollars? Right. If you have a program that can make a million dollars in leadership and I make a million dollars in my individual sales in one year, you've got a hell of an opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what we feel like just to kind of get real world. Mm-hmm. That's what we feel like we have with solar. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like, you, you know, if you're one of the top solar salespeople in the com- country, you're going to make a million dollars a year. Oh yeah. Uh, There's 100%. guys doing it. There's guys not, doing not it. Not many, but there yeah, are ones like doing it. Five to 10 of them. Right. You know? And so that's the question you have to ask yourself as a business owner, building your sales team. Is it, is it scalable, a scalable opportunity, or do I need to go straight into the next tenant of the system, which is opportunity, right? Right. And same thing. We're going to go right back to, is it in writing? Is it simple? And is it rep facing? So what I like to do is on one side of the sheet of paper and guys understand Yes, I'm talking about a sheet of paper, but this can be digital. This can be a PDF. So I'm I'm not old school here talking about like you need a sheet of paper to show them this, but it is nice when you're interviewing someone or when you're in an opportunity meeting, which is multiple people at once, you're able to hand them this. And on the front side, it's got the compensation structure and the commission. And on the back side, it's got the opportunity. Okay. So let's talk about the opportunity. Yep. It's in writing. It's simple. It's rep facing. So what do I mean when I say rep facing? It means when the rep sees it, they understand it, right? It doesn't, they doesn't have to be explained to them, basically. <coughs> you will go over that during the opportunity, but they need to be able to see that simple and in writing. So the question is, how do they get into leadership? Because the op- opportunity is not compensation-based, it's leadership-based, right. right? How do I move up in the company and so what are some ways that you can incentivize people to move up in the company? Well, to start off, man, most people that, that come in our doors and I think most people everywhere, you know, especially in corporate America, uh, or even in, in, in anyway, most people are used to, um, it being based on time, mm-hmm. based on favoritism mm-hmm. or based on nepotism. Mm-hmm. Right? That's pretty much how most how get people- promoted get promoted. Right. Or there's the other one too. Right. Which, you know, that's, you know, what, what have you done for me lately? Kind of, right. you know, stuff that, um, is just horrible, but you know, the, the thing about, and so, you know, what I love about sales is it doesn't discriminate. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, um, and all it cares about is what value you can bring to the market. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, the opportunity that we've always had, I think all companies should have is a clear, like a metric for doesn't matter how long you've been here. It matters what you do. Right. right? It's not about time. It's not about tenure. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, man, if you come in day one Mm -hmm. and you kick everyone's butt and you hit these numbers and you teach people and you train people and you pour into others, um, you give back. Right. So Mm -hmm. our model's always been duplicate yourself by two. Right. Right. I want to be able to replace you and I want options. Yeah. Right. So all you have to do is duplicate yourself. But if you're a sales rep, teach two people how to do what you're doing Mm -hmm. and then you'll get to be a trainer and lead them. Right. Um, And once you're a trainer and leading them, you do that twice more, create two more trainers and Hey, look, you're a manager. Yeah. You've duplicated yourself by two. Absolutely. Um, And really I'm not choosing between two. I'm just, doubling the amount of people I have. Right. Exactly. Right? And I'm really you're not, growing your sales team. You're scaling it. your sales team. It said, I'm not losing a trainer. Mm-hmm. They're still a trainer. They're just now a manager. Right. Right. And they're getting compensated for the trainers and then the salespeople underneath yeah. them because they're building it. 
So what I always like to talk about with the opportunity, you know, and, and one, the only time I've ever quoted myself is this, this quote, people get into this business for the money. They stay for the opportunity. Right. And so what I always like to explain to them is there's two forms of income at this company. There's active income and passive income. Active income is sales that you make in commission. You get paid, right? Passive income is your impact on other people at that company and what they've done with that impact. So you've trained them, you've led them, you've, you've fixed their mindset or not fixed their mindset, but you've, you've shown them a different mindset. Empowered them. Empowered them. Yeah. I love that word. Uh, you've empowered them. And so now you're getting compensated by the company for creating another trainer, you. another you, another leader in the company. Right. And so this is a very, this is the very basic level. And what I, what I love about our experience, our experience is in the OG of sales door to door. Right. Oh yeah. And so you can take what the things that I'm telling you and you can apply them to a, a you know, a financial services sales team. You can Car apply sales. them I to mean. any, anything in the same way you can apply the sale that happens at a door to any type of sales. And you can break it down to Jones effect indifference, you know, fear of loss, sense of urgency. You can do the same thing with your, uh, your uh, sales team structure, right? So you explain to them, how do they get to the next level? How do they expand their opportunity? How do they get to that passive income? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's the second uh, letter in, in the, in the code uh, of the Kodak tenants which is opportunity, right? How do they become leaders? Can they get paid for it? And, and basically people that get into sales or commission sales, they tend to have an entrepreneurial spirit, right? Right. right. And so this can get a little dangerous at times, right? Cause you can have whole divisions leave your company, mm -hmm. right? But you have to, you have to trust in what you're building and the culture that you're building uh, and that they're, they're, going to stay. Right. And so can they build a business within your business? You know, can they get to that level to where, you know, now, now they have ownership of their team and, or their region. Right. Um, and now is that communicated to them that the opportunity is there? Right. And can it all be communicated on that one sheet? Cause we've done it. Absolutely. I have shared our 18 take home packet three or four times this year. Okay. And then when I talk about these one cheaters, that's our, that's our one cheater that we use. So basically what happens is we, we present the opportunity to someone, we hire them and then we send them home with homework. Right. And that homework is our take home packet. And our take home packet has everything that we're talking about in the system spelled out in writing. So they understand, okay, how do I execute on this opportunity? And, um, so that all has to be communicated on that one sheet. And if you ever want to know how, just shoot me a DM on Facebook, Instagram. Um, doesn't matter. Shoot me a DM. I'm at T-X-B-I-Z-B-I-Z-D-A-D. Okay. Just shoot me a message on there and I'll kind of show you our system and how easy it is to lay it out for them. Right. So that's the C. That's the O opportunity. C compensation, O opportunity, and D development. Okay. You guessed it. Is it in writing? Is it simple? And is it rep facing? Okay. A lot of the pieces of this development part, excuse me, <coughs> it came from, you know, what we've learned over the last 
10 years, but it, it also came from uh, the influences of Apex, right? So taking that type of training I was getting <laughs> from them and understanding how can I apply that to my business and how can my people learn from it, right? So let's get into development, okay? If this is one of the first things you need to do, initial training, okay? You should not even be recruiting salespeople unless you have an initial training program in place. And program sounds really daunting, but it's not that daunting. It's a script, maybe how to overcome some objections, and then what their work day should look like, what their work week should look like. And based on that, how much can they earn, right? If you have those basic principles in place, then you can start advertising, right? And so let's talk about that a little bit, that in initial training, what do we... What do we do day one when someone gets hired? Orientation. I mean, they sit down and uh, we walk them through a day in the life, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's everything you mentioned, plus how do we go to market? Right. You know, how do we go to market? Um, in door to door, it's, you know, how do we work leads? You know, how do we um, manage turf? How do we, you know, make sure that we're getting maximum penetration in the market area that mm -hmm. we're in? Um, how do we overcome objections? Yeah. You know, the structure of a sale, um, you know, the, the basic kind of, so in a lot of the people we get in door to door are, are green, super green. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's sales one-on-one it's, you know, I mean, we go in depth, like how do you stand, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, what uh, pay attention to body language and mm -hmm. you know, tone of voice, tonality and, um, eye contact, you know, eye contact from a handshake, mm -hmm. you know, pull your pants up, put a belt on, you know, <laughs> um, tuck your shirt in, tuck your shirt in you yeah. know, uh, get a haircut boy. Um, yeah. you know, that it's it, seriously, it is, it is a lot of kind of just basic sales one-on-one. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and that's what we do day one is we go through the script. We go through how to work leads. Uh, yeah. we go through a simple, simple, simple pitch, um, a simple close, mm -hmm. uh, a simple objection, overcome tactic, uh, overcoming tactic. Um, and then everything else we develop over time. Right. And so that, that day one, they get the orientation, they get the systems, right? They need to know how to make sales, mm -hmm. how to process them, how to check on them, how to follow up with their customers, right? They need to understand product knowledge and then they need to understand sales training. So it's systems, product knowledge, and sales training. Mm -hmm. That's what the orientation should be comprised of. And it should be very high level. You don't want to overwhelm them the first day, right? And then you want to get them into the action the first day. Super important. Because if you don't get them into the action the first day, if they don't introduce themselves to a customer on the first day, you're not going to know what they're made of. And you're not going to scare them away. And let me tell you, when you're hiring in any type of volume, at some point you need to scare them. So they understand, hey, this is not for the faint of heart. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And it depends on what your sales position is. If you've got an inbound sales position and you guys are order takers, a lot of this stuff can apply, mm -hmm. but that's a, a, you know, that, that position may be for the faint of heart. I've, I've had inbound salespeople come into our company and try to do what we do and they just, they fall apart. <laughs> they always want to try to find an easier, softer yeah. way, right? Yeah. They want to advertise on the internet. Yeah. Which is crazy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Especially the world we live in now, brother. Um, okay. So in their development, you know, obviously that they're going to have a trainer, the trainer is going to train them as well. And they've got to 
understand at the next level when they become a trainer, now they're going to get trained on training. Mm-hmm. You know, we love, <laughs> one of our most pivotal pieces of training is train the trainer. Agreed. And it's because you may be a good salesperson, but you don't know how to train. You know what I'm saying? Or you may not know how to train. You may have that natural instinct to be able to teach other people to do what you do. But when you have it laid out, step one, step two, step three, check off, check off, check off. I did this. I did that. Then when you finish that, you know, you've covered everything Mm -hmm. because you were trained on how to do it properly. And that can create quality control within your company at a very, very early stage. So make sure that as you develop your sales team, you are developing your trainer training. All right. So some of the questions you have to ask yourself when you already have a sales program in place is, are we investing in their development? Whether it's as a rep, as a trainer, as a leader, and then most importantly, and this may be a huge cultural piece that we'll get into, but as a human, Mm -hmm. right? Because when you have an entry level position, like we we've had for 10 years, whether it be appointment setter or a uh, door to door on the cable side or all the other positions we've had, a lot of times you're getting <coughs> somebody that came from a one parent household, somebody that came from a no parent household, somebody that wasn't taught how to do life. You know what I mean? And, and Wayne, you know, if I could, ever give you one compliment and that was all I would be allowed to be, it would be that you're an amazing, amazing, amazing counselor. And, and I think that's, what's made you so successful in the position that you're in because you minister and you counsel and you listen to these people that come in and they come in from all different walks of life and they just want a shot and we give them the shot. And they screw it up because they've learned bad habits. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, or absolutely. they're just 20 years old. I did a lot of stupid shit when I was 20. You know what I'm saying? 30. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Same, man. I get it. Um, you know, it, it's uh, it's kind of been an ongoing kind of a joke that I've said for years is that, you know, this isn't heaven and I'm a hiring angels, right? Mm-hmm. You know, let's figure out um, how we can just make you a better person. And um, and you're right, man. It's um, it, it really is you know, kind of the role I've played for years and, you know, just how can I help you be the best version of you? How can I help you? Hey, if you leave here tomorrow and you decide to go do whatever, man, I wish you the very best in life. And I hope that you took something with you that that I taught you that that you're able to be a better person when you leave here. Impact, baby. Impact. That's it. Absolutely. So that's development again, in writing, simple rep facing initial training, how do we invest in their development? You've got to have these three pieces at a very entry level compensation opportunity and development along the way. All right, guys, that's a wrap for episode one of Building Great Sales Teams. If you got any value out of today's episode, please leave a review and share. We're going to tackle opportunity and culture in our next episode. I hope you guys have a great day. And as always, let's get building. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. Be sure to appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get notifications as new episodes become available. Remember, great sales teams are not recruited. They are built block by block. Until next time.